Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. If it brings her to the same point that it brings you, it doesn't matter whether she called it God along the way or not. That understanding works for you, so therefore it is absolutely right for you. All beliefs have become only relatively true, and of course to the world, religion is just some personalized experience, not a divine revelation, and the church is catching the disease. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Not to drop names or anything, but this is Wretched Radio. There I sit at a table with Mrs. Friel at an Italian restaurant. Why the emphasis on Italian? Because there's a difference between Italian and Italian. If it's Italian, it's probably decent. If it's Italian, it probably involves nothing but red sauce and big Meatballs. In other words, you're probably at the Olive Garden. We were not. We were sitting at a table in an Italian restaurant with the one, the only, Dr. Lou Priolo. You say, what's a Lou Priolo? Well, it was one of the dishes on the menu, but it was also the guy that I was having dinner with, with his wife. He is a biblical counselor, and he's going to be the new host of our new TV series called Transformed Couples. Can't wait. Where you and I... We don't actually have to gossip. (laughs) Instead, we can watch real people who are willing to be a bit transparent to say, hey, this whole marriage bag is really hard. Dr. Lou Priolo has saved the marriages of hundreds of people who were like Neil Diamond. Their marriage was on the rocks. And they didn't think that it was repairable. But it is when you apply the Bible to your marriage, which is not easy to do because it demands that you shatter your preconceptions about marriage, what you think it should be, to get in alignment with what God is doing through and in marriage. Dr. Priolo has written dozens of books, saved hundreds of marriages. He's going to be the new host of Transform Couples. And incidentally, if you happen to be a couple who is perhaps struggling and willing to be transparent, we'd love if you would contact us. You can do that at wretched.org slash casting, wretched.org slash casting. I think that's right, isn't it, Jimmy? It is. Okay. Wretched.org slash casting. You're like a Google machine. I can just ask you and you just spit out the information. And then, of course, like the Google machine, I forget it immediately. Because that's... Pretty much we do what we do when we go searching for stuff. It goes in, it goes flying right back out. Wretched.org slash casting. You'll be on the program. You'll spend a day with Lou. And then you will get 12 weeks of biblical counseling. We'd love it if you would visit wretched.org slash casting. We were having an Italian dinner to talk through the program, how we're going to do it, how it gets organized, what is the point that we are hoping to make. And that's an easy point. We want people to grow more in Christ likeness. Because if you've got two parties that are trying to be like Jesus, you've got very high odds of success. When out of the blue, Mrs. Priolo said, we've noticed a trend in church. When it comes to couples that are struggling in their marriage, particularly young people, it was very interesting and while a bit surprising, not entirely, because I think it's actually 
Makes a lot of sense. She said the reason that so many young women are initiating divorce, which, by the way, the girls are beating the boys in this regard. More girls are initiating divorce than boys are. What's going on? And she said what we've discovered is that these young women do not have a theology of suffering. Wait, what? They don't have a theology of suffering. They got married. They were in that pretend season of dating where everybody puts on their best costume. Lots of makeup to make ourselves look amazing, cover all the blemishes. And then you say, I do. And wah and la, you get to meet the real sinner. And they get to meet the real sinner in you. And suddenly, it is not what we expected it to be. And they want out because they are not prepared to suffer. Now, I'm not suggesting that a woman should stay in an abusive relationship and get battered about. Madam, you get out of that house. You call the police. You call your pastor. You should be protected. But that's not the type of suffering that Mrs. Priola was talking about. It's simply that it's not as pleasant, fun, enjoyable. There's some tension on occasion. Words get exchanged. Barbs are very sharp and painful. And these young women just want out. And it makes sense in that we've tried to protect our kids from suffering. That's such a natural parental desire. I don't want my kids to get hurt. I mean, yeah, okay, kids are going to skin their knees, but I'm not going to throw them on the pavement to make it happen. I want to protect them from these things. And it seems because of the affluence in our society, parents have been able to do that very well. They have not had hardships, difficulties. They've all been mowed down by parents who desire a good thing. And yet, even as they have done very kind acts for their children, they're not prepared for suffering. So let us not make the mistake of not knowing what to do with suffering as we study a theology of suffering. You say a theology of suffering. I get systematic theology. I, 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 I get all of those ologies, but a Theology of suffering? Yeah. How do you come up with a systematic theology on a subject? The answer is you read everything in the Bible about that subject and plan on taking a whole lot of time because the Bible is replete with stories of, descriptions of, and remedies for suffering. It starts right away in the book of Genesis. You see two people suddenly feeling shame. That ain't fun. You see murder. You see, Noah's daughters, not that apparently we'd have a problem with that these days because, wow, our slippery slope just keeps sliding right down, doesn't it? What else do we see in Genesis? First book in the Bible where there are a lot of answers. I know Ken Ham would say, no, they're all the answers, but many answers to life's big questions are indeed found in Genesis. It's a foundational book and the longest section in Genesis it isn't about Abraham. It's there, There's a lot about Abraham, but it's about Joseph. You think your siblings are awful. You haven't been thrown in a well. He was. You weren't sold into slavery. He was. You weren't put in prison. He was. And yet, what was he able to say? What you intended for evil, God intended for good. Hold the phone, Henrietta. You mean Joseph went through all of that because God decreed it 
Yep. Consider the book of Job. Satan batters Job and his family. We're talking potsherd-like suffering, where you break a clay pot and you take a piece of it to scratch yourself because you're so miserable and you need relief so desperately. That was Job's suffering. And it was only done by permission of God. In other words, God is very involved and active in our suffering. Now, God does not cause sin. God does not cause people to do evil things, but he uses sin sinlessly. It's all underneath his providential sovereign reign. And we see that right away in the book of Genesis. Consider the Psalms. Consider the suffering of the psalmist. How many lament psalms do we have? Answer a lot. Consider Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Read it. It is a painful treatise on a man who is going through misery, but perhaps no psalm compares when it comes to the subject of suffering. It's Psalm 88, give or take. Psalm 88, I think. Jimmy, would you look up Psalm 88 if you'd be so kind? Absolutely. It's a, it's a psalm of lament where the man is describing, I'm so miserable, I feel <laughs> some weight. <laughs> and then the psalm ends by saying, misery is my best friend. Actually, the last word is, I think, misery. My best friend is misery. Period. The end. What? No resolution, no solution. No prescription to get through suffering? Nothing. Just a lament of a man who is miserable. In other words, the Bible doesn't blanch when it comes to suffering. The Bible is happy to talk about it because it is a part of the human experience. Maybe Ken Ham is right. Every answer is there because we see suffering initiated in the garden. It's a consequence of sin. That is why women have pain in childbearing. That's some suffering. That is why men experience thorns and thistles at work, sweat of the brow, because it can be so frustrating, because things go kafritz. You don't get the solution that was needed. You get the wrong part at Home Depot, so you got to go back again, and then they're out of that one, so you got to go to Lowe's. Hmm. On and on it goes because of the fall. That is why the Bible spends not just Old Testament time, but New Testament time in teaching us about suffering. I've got a question for you. Do you have a theology of suffering? I mean, really, do you have it fixed? If you're not suffering now, you're gonna, don't say it gleefully, I'm just saying you're gonna because none of us escape it. And it would appear we have not been downloading a theology of suffering to our children and perhaps that is one of the reasons that we are seeing the high divorce rate, especially with the women wanting to divorce the men. Jimmy, was I right? Is it Psalm 88? Yes. It's just a lament. Yeah. Just a... <laughs> that particular psalm leaves us dangling as we see a man in misery. However... It is the New Testament where we start to get a lot of clarity, and we will do just that next on Wretched Radio.
Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles. And the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines. But they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians who cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible to join the Master's Academy International. In November 2020, Tim Challies and his wife Aileen received the phone call every parent dreads. Their 20-year-old son Nick, while away at seminary, collapsed and died. As Tim and his wife traveled to Louisville, Tim began to do the only thing he knew to do to process his loss. He began to write. And now all of his writings, some of which have been shared publicly, some not until now for the first time, have all been compiled into his latest book, Seasons of Sorrow, The Pain of Loss and the Comfort of God. Seasons of Sorrow is a book for anyone that is loved and lost. It benefits those that are working through sorrow or those that are comforting others. You'll not only see how God is sovereign over loss, but how good he is in those moments. You'll discover how to pass through times of grief while keeping your faith, and you'll learn biblical doctrine can work itself out even in life's most difficult situations. Seasons of Sorrow, available now in the Wretched Store at wretched.org. Two. That's right, 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel, they're getting saved, their parents are getting saved, the church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches it became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. John Whitcliffe, called the Morning Star of the Reformation, was a professor at Oxford in the 1300s who preached against papal authority in matters of doctrine, politics, and church practice. After his death, his bones were dug up, burned, and spread over the river. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. If you do not have a theology of suffering, you better get one. Quick. That quickly... This is Grammatically Challenged Wretched Radio. We are all going to suffer. We all go through things that are distasteful. The Bible helps us to understand why. 
We know from the book of Genesis that we suffer because of sin. The introduction of rebellion into the universe made the whole thing go kafritz. You and I, we sweat when we work. There's pain and childbearing. You get thrown into a well by your brothers. You have your entire family lost like Job. And we suffer because of sin. But the good news is when we get to the New Testament, we really see a very clear treatise on the subject of suffering to help us figure out what do we do with this inevitable season of life of suffering. Let us begin, shall we, in Philippians chapter 1. Paul is in prison. A Hampton Inn would be like a palatial suite compared to a prison in the first century. And Paul writes the joyful letter to the Philippians. Philippians is known as the happy letter, just kind of up. And yet, when you remember that the source, the originator of the letter, is actually sitting in a dank prison, whoa, listen to what that man said. I want you to know, brethren, my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. That feels like First Peter to me, where suffering is all about the propagation of the gospel. How we respond to suffering to a watching world has implications, eternal implications. People can get saved from watching a man who is shackled at the ankles still rejoice and write a happy letter so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and everyone else, and that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. That is so loaded. That, that's like a sermon series right there. Paul knew that he was suffering for a purpose, the propagation of the gospel, so that he could become like Jesus Christ, so that Christ's cause could be forwarded. That's the mindset that is so hard for us to adopt in a culture that keeps screaming at us, ease, pleasure, fun, nothing painful, take a pill, have it operated and removed, be happy persistently. And the Bible has a different word. No, you're going to suffer because I'm doing bigger things. This world is not about my agenda. It's about his. And he uses suffering for those ends so that the brothers would be strengthened, so that they would have more courage to evangelize. Hey, look at Paul. Look at what he went through. And he just kept on preaching to people. Let's get on it, boys. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel, so that whether I come to see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. In no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation to you. And that also is from God. In other words, as you suffer at the hands of wicked people, it's it's going to ripple into eternity. You'll be rewarded for it. They're going to be punished because of it. In other words, suffering is important. 
Should we ever try to escape it? Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that, but it's inevitable. You can't run. You can't hide from suffering. It inevitably finds all of us. Last time I checked, everybody dies. Paul continues, in no way alarmed by your opponents, for to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Whoa! In our suffering, if we respond the way that Jesus did, we're identifying with him, we're becoming like him. Whoa! And incidentally, if you happen to be one of those young women who are contemplating divorce because it's been hard now that you're married, you, you need to digest this, that you can be grown in marriage. It is a school of character. It can either rub you raw or it can polish you up. God wants to use your suffering, your struggles and challenges, even your disappointments to grow you. And imagine what the neighbors will think. You know, that guy is kind of a jerk, and yet she's so sweet all the time. It is a testimony, and it has eternal consequences. 2 Corinthians 11, Paul, he describes his life of luxury in dangers from rivers, from robbers, from countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles in the city, in the wilderness, in the sea, dangers among false brethren. I've been in labor and hardship, sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, without food, in cold, exposure, he was beaten, he was bruised, he was imprisoned, and yet he understands that there is a purpose for his suffering. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations that Paul had received, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself. Oh, so suffering keeps us humble, does it? You better believe it does. If you happen to to have escaped suffering so far, and I, I don't know that anybody has past the age of like three days. You don't get your diaper changed as quickly as you want. You don't get fed instantly. You got to wait for mom. So suffering hits and it hits hard and it keeps us humble. If you've never experienced suffering, there is a very big probability you are pretty impressed with yourself. I've skated through this nightmare. Look at me. Paul realized that his sufferings were to keep him humble. So he implores, ploys the Lord, implores the Lord three times. And God said, nope, because power is perfected in weakness. So as we go about the business of doing our master's tasks, the world sees us being joyful even as we suffer because he then looks better for doing great work through weak and suffering and sinful people. In other words, there's a point to it. And then he says in Romans chapter 5, therefore, because you've been justified by faith. He's been talking about the glories of the gospel. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ. We've also obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exult in hope of the glory of God. Here it comes. Not only this, but we exult in our tribulations. Whoa, consider the book of James. Count it all joy, brethren, when trials and tribulations come your way. That is exactly what Paul is saying. That's because the Bible is inspired by one author, really. You should exult 
in tribulations, knowing, here comes the explanation, that tribulation brings about, and we get a laundry list of benefits of suffering, perseverance, proven character, hope, and hope does not disappoint. That is why we suffer, because God's doing stuff. And it's got to be better than what we would pick because, well, you know, he's God and we're not. However, the ultimate example of one who suffered is Jesus Christ himself. Consider what Jesus Christ went through and consider that if he hadn't gone through it, you and I would be in really big trouble. Hunger. Remember the temptation in the wilderness? Thirst. Shame. He experienced temptations. There, there, there were people that he could have ogled, women who were trying to be seductive, never, ever gave in to those temptations, but they were real. Even the devil himself made a guest appearance to tempt him three times in the wilderness. He experienced shame. He was betrayed. He was persecuted. He was whew, mocked. He suffered the loss of loved ones. He experienced injustice, mockery, nakedness, beatings, crucifixion. You want to talk about suffering? How did he do it? How did he do it? Because he was marching to that cross intentionally so that sinners could be saved to the glory of God the Father. He didn't open his mouth. He endured it. He was at peace with what was happening because he knew that God was orchestrating and carrying out his prearranged plan. You and I can approach suffering one of two ways. I think it's that simple. You can either become like Job's wife and even like Job for a short season and be miserable and suicidal, depressed, lacking in joy, or we can recognize the Bible talks about this subject so much that we might have a theology of suffering so that we will understand why God is in suffering, what he's doing, and how it benefits both us and especially him. What's your theology of suffering? This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hanks. I'll be honest, it's kind of hard to admit this. I'm not a prophet, but I did predict this a few months ago. DC Comics, the publisher of Batman and Superman comics, announced last week that they would be canceling a Superman comic that depicted the fictional hero as bisexual with a gay lover due to poor sales reports. We told you here at Wretched about the initial story when it first broke that DC would be producing this comic. And, you know, it hasn't changed that going woke will make you broke. And that's exactly what I predicted would happen with this comic. But I'm not a prophet. The Spring Lake School Board in Michigan recently voted to severely restrict access to a graphic novel that contains explicit depictions of homosexual acts and pedophilia from the district's high school library after a parent complained about the book's presence. 
The vote was 4-3 to three earlier this week to severely restrict the students' access to the novel, but I'm having a real hard time understanding why the vote was to restrict access and not just get the trashy book out of the library altogether. I guess because the goal is to just wait parents out until they stop complaining. Well, they finally did it. If you've been waiting on the edge of your seats for the CDC to require children to be immunized with the COVID vaccine to attend school, well, it has happened. Officials at the CDC voted unanimously to require that your child take the COVID vaccine in order to attend public schools. Now, before you get up in arms, the vote will mean nothing in states like Florida where they will reject the guidance. But the concern should be for people who live in blue states. The places that tend to go with the CDC guidance. And you know, as I say frequently around here, I'm not telling you what decision to make. I'm just telling you that public school isn't the only option you have. You know, I'm convinced that we would all be absolutely shocked if we actually knew everything our tax dollars went to. Sure, we know about a lot of things that get highly publicized, but there are things that don't. And we would be floored to know how our money's being used. And this is one of those instances. Some people may think this is normal, but it's absolutely insane that our tax dollars that are going to the State Department being used in foreign countries to import drag shows there. I guess because destroying the culture in America apparently isn't enough for them anymore. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible The book of Ruth tells of a Moabite widow who chose to follow the God of Israel and found favor in the eyes of a godly man named Boaz, who claimed her family's land as her kinsman redeemer. Ruth and Boaz are the ancestors of Jesus and a foreshadowing of Jesus' work as our kinsman redeemer. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Thank you, Tina. We turn now to the topic of abortion. Oh boy, this is Wretched Radio. Prepare to suffer like I did the other night watching the senatorial debate in the great state of Georgia between he doesn't deserve the title of pastor. He wants to intentionally take the lives of innocent human beings. You ain't a pastor. Can't afford him that honor of using the moniker Reverend Raphael Warnock versus football star Herschel Walker. And the subject turned to the subject of abortion. Why? Because it does appear that the blue party is attempting to win election seats on this subject. I think, as is always the case, economy will be the primary decider in who wins and who doesn't. But the Democrats are giving it a go. They are trying to use abortion to say, look at how terrible these people are since the fall of Roe v. Wade. They don't want women to have abortions. They want to send women to jail. And wow, are we getting battered with commercials? Jimmy, this is your first or second election season in the state of Georgia. Second. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember either in Georgia or the state of Tennessee seeing as many ads from Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock, as we've been seeing? No. It's perpetual. Yeah, it is. You probably notice this immediately. I go to the gym and there's a ton of TV monitors there. So that's really when I watch cable news. So I don't have to hear it. I just read the scroll and frankly, that fills my belly with enough acid. And spot after spot, the sports, 
everything is just a political ad these days because this seat, it is indeed important. But for our purposes, we are going to listen to the oxymoronic pro-choice pastor not defend his views. I have to tell you, it was so obvious to me. And I was pretty calm during the debate. Sometimes I'm not. This time I was because my expectations, frankly, were pretty low. And I expected more from Raphael Warnock. He obfuscated. He dodged. He bobbed. He weaved. And he didn't take opportunities that were sitting up on a tee. And we heard a pretty good attempt from Herschel Walker to not only defend himself, but to even go on the offensive. We'll start with you, Mr. Walker. A week before this debate, a former girlfriend made public accusations saying you paid for an abortion and that you encouraged her to have another. In an ABC News interview uh, this week, you said that the accusations are, quote, all lies. For the voters watching tonight, can you explain the circumstances surrounding these claims? You have 60 seconds. Do you recall the attorney? I think he's the attorney general in North or South Carolina. It was discovered that he and his wife had an abortion and they made a video. Do you remember? Mark somebody. And they said, yes, we did. We admit it. It's it's the biggest sin we've ever committed. We regret it to this day. We're sorry, but we're Christians. We're forgiven and you can be, too. So that was an option for Herschel, because I think that that, if you will, plays well, because you're just being honest. But Herschel held his ground. I said, that's a lie. And, you know, well, most thing I put, I put it in a book. One thing about my life is I've been very transparent, not like the senator. But at the same time, I said, that's a lie. And on abortion, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe in life. And I tell people this, Georgia is a state that respects life, and I'll be a senator that that protects life. And I said that was a lie, and I'm not backing down. And we have Senator Warnock, people that would do anything and say anything for this seat, but I'm not going to back down because this seat is too important to the Georgia people for me to back down right now. Love that. Tone tempered, but I'm not going to back down on this issue. He's not putting up fisticuffs. He's simply stating, these are my values. I'm not going to shrink. I believe this is the call for Christians today. We are seeing not just bad behavior, not just adults that are doing things that are going to affect the next generation. We are seeing satanic evil in the highest levels of power in this country. How many YouTube videos do we need to be exposed to for drag queen story hours with children? This is depravity. And this is an attempt to start introducing these ideas to our kids to welcome them into that lifestyle. By the way, better be careful how you say that if you're on the Twitter machine. Phil Johnson just got booted for using the word GR. And then it's got a couple of oh, 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 oh's, Ming, for using that word and saying the state is doing that. He got booted off of Twitter. We should expect that. Now, here's the let's not learn from Herschel Walker. Let's learn from Phil Johnson for a moment. Twitter said to him, if you apologize, if you say I done wrong, I was participating in hate speech, we'll let you back on. Oh, and Phil said. 
I don't think he had to think for it. He didn't even have to finish the sentence. No. I know he now loses contact with 70,000 people. But we have to stand. Not obnoxiously, but courageously. Herschel Walker appeared to be doing just that. I say props. The debate continued. You've been vocally pro-life, supporting a ban on abortions without exceptions. Would you support a complete ban on a national level? Well, first of all, see, that's not true either. I said I support uh, the heartbeat bill. I I I don't like this. He was right the first time. There should be no exceptions. Now, the life of the mother issue is not an abortion. It is a rescuing the mother. It is not intentionally taking the life of a child, which is the definition of abortion. So Herschel here tried to, like... And in response to the barrage of ads, he doesn't want women who have been molested to be able to get an abortion. They're using it as a scare tactic. I wish he had been a little stronger here. And I say I support the Georgia heartbeat bill because that's the bill of the people from Governor Kemp. And I said that has exceptions in it. I said I'm a Christian, but I'm also representing the people of Georgia. Ah, Don't like that. That's pragmatism. That's getting very close to the Joe Biden line. Hey, I'm a Catholic, but I'm not going to impose my religious values on others. And that's who I represent. So what the people of Georgia stand for, I'm going to stand with them. Thank you, Mr. Walker. Senator Warnock, you've said repeatedly that the exam room is too small for the patient, her doctor, and the U.S. government. Hmm. That's fascinating. He doesn't want the government involved in medical decisions. Are you kidding me? I'm asking you to take a clear position right now. Do you believe there should be any limitations on abortion set by the government? And you have 60 seconds. This is crucial. Any exception? Is there is there any time you would say no to abortion? Listen to his answer. You're not going to get one. That means if a baby presents itself outside of the mother's womb, you can kill it. This is barbarism of the highest order, and we need to describe it as such, even if we get kicked off of Twitter. I think that the women of this country and the women of this state Cliches, please. woke up one summer morning and a core protection that they've known for 50 years. Which wasn't available for 150 years, but who's counting? Was taken from them by an extremist Supreme Court. <laughs> Don't you love that playbook? You say anything against the progressive liberal agenda, and you're an extremist. What do you mean? You want the children to say the Pledge of Allegiance, well, the way that we've done it for decades. Extremist. And I stand where I've said I've stand in the past, that a patient's room is too narrow and small and cramped a space for a woman, her doctor, and the United States government. We are witnessing right now what happens when politicians, most most of them men, Oh, that tedious argument, as if morality has a gender. In the patient's rooms, you get what you're seeing right now. And the women of Georgia, the women of Georgia deserves a senator who will stand with them. I trust women more than I trust politicians. (laughs) Hey, Jimmy. Yeah, you know what that means. The next time you're speeding on 85, which is frankly pretty hard to do because it, it's like the autobahn in Georgia. <laughs> you just tell the officer who pulls you over, "This is my decision. There's no room for the government 
in my car. <laughs> let, let me know how that plays out. Why? Because we do it all the time. That's that's what government actually does. Cliché-ridden, tired, evasive, and evil to the core. This is a man who claims to be a pastor using the tropes that have been dismantled a thousand different ways because they're so ridiculous, trying to dance around, yeah, I think you should be able to kill a kid whenever you want to, without any exception. That's his position. He's not a pastor. And we need to identify men like this and not do it as if we're angry about it. That, that was sort of like the libertarian candidate in the governor's debate with Stacey Abrams and Ryan Kemp. He just sounded mad. We don't want to sound that way, but we must find that balance of courageous humility and speak out, which we will let Herschel Walker do. Never thought I'd utter that sentence here on Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this... Groovy. Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today, offering free loving Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched thanks for joining us on wretched radio today have you had the opportunity to check out season one of transformed it's like nothing else you'll find on christian tv you get the opportunity to be a fly on the wall as you witness real biblical counseling sessions to tackle issues like anxiety and depression and ocd and substance abuse you'll see how biblical counseling gets to the heart of issues transformed is changing lives and don't just take my word for it thank you guys so much for transformed transformed has literally changed my life dr greg gifford and dale johnson do a masterful job with Transformed. Season 1 is available now at Transformed.org. Season 2 is currently in development as well as Transformed Couples. And all of this is only made possible by our gospel partners. If you're not currently a gospel partner, check out Wretched.org slash donate to get answers to any question you may possibly ever have about becoming a gospel partner. That's Wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched. Affordable biblical health sharing. Christians paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. 
it works. And the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Advocate. When we as God's redeemed people sin, Jesus is our Advocate before the Father. It is on the basis of Christ's righteousness that we are saved, not our own works. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Lessons from Herschel Walker. <laughs> this is Wretched Radio. A highly prized Senate seat is up for grabs in Georgia. This is a big deal. So much money is being pumped into our state for both Raphael Warnock, the pro-abort pastor, and Herschel Walker, the football player. Here's here's kind of where we're getting to in this country. <laughs> we are going to have to continue to wrestle with uh, the options. I believe it's in Arizona. Received an email sent to idea at wretched.org. There's a Republican running for something in Arizona, I believe. Uh, somewhere it's a it's a blue state. At any rate, he's running. And he's a pro-choice Republican. So there's your choice if you live in that state or district. You can vote for a pro-choice Democrat or a pro-choice Republican. (laughs) I got to tell you, I actually started to wrestle with it because it's going to happen. Same thing with marriage. Uh, You mean that one is for it and that one is for it? How much is that one for it? But I kept my conscience. I thought, could I possibly vote for somebody who's pro-choice? Even though there may be less pro-choice. Oh, that is rough. I I don't know what I would do. I'm I'm just going to keep noodling it through and get ready for the day when it's a likelihood that your choices are going to truly be between the lesser of two evils. Raphael Warnock. Bottom of the political barrel. He calls himself a Christian minister. And he has no exceptions for the taking of a life of a baby in a mother's womb or even outside of it. That is not an acceptable choice. That is just not a checkmark that a Christian can make in a box. Thankfully, in the state of Georgia... It appears that we've got an alternative, at least for now, Herschel Walker responding to Raphael Warnock, who, wow, have you heard more cliches strung together? Well, women lost a protected right. And in order to have health care for women, reproductive health care for women, I trust women more than men. We don't want the government inside of a woman's hospital room. I trust her to make decisions. Blah! Herschel Walker didn't go blah, but responded thusly. You know, it is, and I heard about him. I heard he was, he was, he was a neat talker. But did he not mention that there was a baby in that room as well? And also, <laughs> did he not mention- That's great. 
This is the second time I've heard it. And it, 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 I, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. That was so good. It's not just a mother who's in a hospital room. It's a baby, too. Daddy asking, Daddy asking the taxpayer to pay for it. So he's bringing the government back into the room. So he's not talking about that. Oh, that's excellent, too. Because the government funds abortions. I know your tax dollars hard at work. The government funds abortions. So Senator Warnock's effort to try to deflect this by simply stating there's not enough room in a hospital bed or a hospital room for the government to. Well, apparently they fit at Planned Parenthood. So when he mentioned that, it's like I've not seen too many pastors that would say that statement. I, Mr. Warnock, I, I'll give you a chance I, to rebut. I am a pastor. <laughs> no, you're not. You are not qualified. Sir, your soul is in peril. You're not not just a pastor. You're likely not even a Christian. He needs to repent. If you bump into Reverend Warnock on the campaign trail, remind him that he should be stripped of his title and he should run to Jesus Christ, call out for mercy for his participation in the taking of human lives. I'm a man of faith, and I have a profound reverence for life and a deep no, you don't. respect for choice. That's great. That's just great. That just, to say something like that, it's like, it would be like me saying, I have a profound love for wonky liberal theology. I respect, no, I don't. And neither does he, just because he says it doesn't make it so because I have such a profound reverence for life, it's one of the reasons why I've stood up to address this issue of maternal mortality in our country. Boy, I'd love to go look up those statistics. How many women are currently losing their lives because of a pregnancy that went amiss? It, does, does it happen? Of course it does. That was promised to us in the garden. But this is not something that so abortion is going to cure the maternal the maternal mortality rate is going to be taken care of by mortalizing the mortals inside of the mortal. We lead all of the Western nations on that front and black women are three to four times more likely to die even when they have the insurance and the income. Now, that's something government could actually do something about. <laughs> so I do want the now that we can find room for in the hospital room. To pass a bill to address maternal mortality. The women of Georgia have a clear choice mm -hmm. as we're watching women die. Do you want a senator who wants to control your life or do you want a senator who wants to save your life? Hmm. That's so good to hear, Jimmy. Apparently the senator doesn't want the government to have any rules that control our lives. Did you did you know that? No. Even though he's in the <laughs> legislative body? Well, I want to save your life. Well, what's funny, we man, to keep I have to, Walker, I have unless to you're a baby. To this. Very quick. Because he told me black lives matter. And if you think about it, Senator, in Atlanta, Georgia, there's more black baby that is aborted than, uh, than anything. So Okay, not as articulate as you'd like, but more black babies are aborted than born. If Black Lives Matter, why are you not protecting those babies? And instead of aborting those babies, why are you not baptizing those babies? There it is. Not great theology, with all due respect to my Presbyterian friends. But there it was. You shouldn't be killing babies, pastor. What you going to do? 
when the decision comes down to two individuals who don't hold a pro-life position? What are you going to do when you have two choices that want to support the demolition of marriage? Can you support the demolition? The point is, what are you going to do when you don't have a really decent choice? We better start getting ready for it. We better start thinking about it. And in the meantime, there are things that we can do. We must speak on these subjects. I can't, I see this. I'm inclined to do this myself, so I'm not throwing stones from a glass house here, but you're sitting at a table in a restaurant. People can hear you and you say, Senator Warnock, he's, he doesn't want any exceptions for abortion. What am I whispering for? Why, what, what, is, why, what, what am I trying to do? Protect myself from anybody going, hey, what are you talking about, pal? Well, I'm not looking to pick a fight, but I think that it's time to stop shrinking back, to stop with the hushed tones. You are going to be confronted with a decision sooner or later, most likely, It will be first at your job where you are told you've got to talk like this and not like that or you're going to be fired. What are you going to do when you go to a university and you are saying to the professor, no, 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 just a pink and a blue. Are you ready for that? You better because it is coming our way. And speaking of universities, what a lovely way to end our time together. Let me take you to Duke Divinity School. Jimmy, was this your favorite clip oh, of the day here? Absolutely. This is a well, it's it's pretty self-explanatory. It's it's a woman, not sure what her pronouns are, but she's at the Goodson Chapel Service of Word <laughs> at Duke Divinity School. Good morning, the holy and queer one be with you. Okay. She's just getting warmed up. First of all, madam, if it's morning, you are violating a proverb. Calm down with your chirpiness. Good morning, the holy and queer one be with you. This is blasphemy. As evil as Warnock is with desiring to take the life of any baby in the womb, she's equally as evil. Dare I say worse? Because She's directly blaspheming God. Raphael is, but this woman. <laughs> I use she, they pronouns. I am the communications coordinator for Duke Divinity Pride. And I'm. What, was that her? She gave her pronouns? Yeah, she and they. Ah, she and they. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? You're a singular, then you're a plural. Yeah. Is this something you need to talk to somebody about? Ecstatic to see this worship space so full and so vibrant with color. Thank you all for being here at the first ever Divinity Pride worship collaboration. Evil. Blasphemous. Wicked. Awful. Perhaps we would all do well at this time to find ourselves a thesaurus. Google one if you don't have one in your bookshelf. And start looking for words, descriptors to tack onto people like this because the last thing that they should be called is Reverend. You're welcome. Until tomorrow, could have been worse, could have played more. Go serve your king. <laughs> <laughs>